カスタイム今次の放送は晩による晩のための晩放送ポッドキャルチアポッドキャストでこの番組はブランドスパンダーやりくんの財布の敵を日程送りますスイッチオンワンツースリー電流火花が体を走る自動チェンジ機械だダークロボット迎え撃て人造人間機械だはい、どうも、皆さん、こんにちは。今日は、ドラゴンボールのゲームを楽しみに、ドラゴンボールのゲームを楽しみに、ドラゴンボールのゲームを楽しみに、ドラゴンボールのゲームを楽しみに、ドラゴンボールのゲームを楽しみに、ドラゴンボールのゲームを楽しみに、ドラゴンボールのゲームを楽しみに、ドラゴンボールのゲームを楽しみに、All right, so we are here talking about Android Kikaida. We are continuing Kikaida coverage. We are now on episode five, which, if we go by Wikipedia's lengthy title, is Yellow Jaggers Demonic Hands Draw Near. But of course, on the standard DVD title, it is Yellow Jagger Claws of Evil. And the small. And direct synopsis written by August Rangone for the Generation Kikaida website is as follows Professor Gill uses Yellow Jaguar to assassinate the head of the Green Project in order to get enough carbon dioxide for his bomb. Short, sweet, and to the point, that is what the plot of this episode is about. And I guess getting into super, super detailed stuff. The Yellow Jagger or Jaguar、uh, appears in episode five, and his powers include a tail flamethrower called the Tail Fire. And he also can fly that tail around to attack his enemies. And he's got some torso guns that are referred to as the Body Gun. And I just wanted to mention it's not, it's not a whole big deal or anything, but we have been trying to sort of keep track of whether these characters, these dark destructoid monsters, have appeared in the manga or the, or the anime. To my knowledge, it has not appeared. Yellow Jagger has not appeared in the manga, but he was on episode five of Kikaida the Animation. And it was an episode titled City of Rain. It's kind of it's kind of a nice little episode where I guess Kikaida runs into this lady who's voiced by Wendy Lee and she misses her criminal boyfriend that she spent like a couple days with or whatever. And in the background, you know, Yellow Jaguar is there like recruiting like thugs to plant bombs around the cities and stuff. And, you know, it's not, it's not remotely similar to this episode other than, you know, Yellow Jagger is in the background and he shows up and. Kikaida does the end on him, and you know, but basically, we, we just were keeping tabs on, you know, at least I was trying to keep tabs on if characters had appeared in other, other media other than this live action series, and that was just me doing that. Did, did you see that episode, Justin? Do you remember the one I'm talking about at all? Kinda. It's been a while since I last rewatched the anime. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know why. For some reason, that episode stood out to me, maybe because it was like Wendy Lee or whatever. But I just figured I, I was going to try to keep tabs on that for everybody who's listening. So if you're curious about other incarnations of Yellow Jaguar, you can check out that episode of the animated, you know, the anime, the kind of the animation. In my head, I was like, I think that's the one that's like really sad. And I was like, well, the whole series is kind of sad, so that kind of means nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, you're like, it's that sad one. Oh yeah, they're all sad. No, I yeah, I mean, it, it, it's kind of one of those bittersweet things, you know, or whatever, where she's she runs into Kakaida or Jiro, and she's he, he's sitting on a stoop in the rain and everything. He's like running away from the cops, and I guess it reminds her of the time this boyfriend of hers. You know, the short-lived romance she had with this criminal guy who was also, like, wounded and sitting on the steps, and she thought maybe it was him. And, you know, they, they share a discourse and everything, and he ends up tracking down this boyfriend or whatever who happens to be working for Dark and everything like that. But it turns out he sort of betrays them and saves this girl, but, you know, the cost of that is his life and everything. And he's like, why? Why did you do it? It's like, because I'm, like, I can be good, too, and then I can die, and then, like... People can be sad, and, you know, that's basically how it ends and everything. But, you know, I mean, it's 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 what it is. I mean, but, it, but again, you know, it was just trying to draw those parallels and everything. But as far as the live-action show goes, we, we can go into, like, blow-by-blow blow details here. And, you know, Justin, feel free to comment as we as we go through the description and everything. But basically, like, it, it kind of opens up where there's this group of, I, I guess I'll call them environmentalists, because they're they're planting all these different types of trees over certain patches of land in Japan. And this is what is referred to in the, the synopsis as the Green Project. And Mitsuko and Musaru are actually coming to visit the brother-sister duo who are basically spearheading the tree planting project and this is miki and her little brother gen and it's miki sakuma and gen sakuma so we're, we're also introduced to i guess you know kind of like a mirror image of of the Mitsuko masaru dynamic i guess there's another you know older sister younger little brother dynamic going on and everything and we're first introduced to yellow jaguar in this episode I, I think, I, I guess I'll have to ask Justin about this, but my the way I wrote it up was that Yellow Jaguar emerges from an explosion of what looked like, to me, to be like an old burnout tree trunk or something like that. But I wasn't quite sure exactly what he was exploding out of. But did you did you think of that as anything other than what I was talking about, Justin? Not really. I, I wasn't sure exactly what it was exploding out of. But as, as soon as he showed up, I was like, man, he, he doesn't look threatening at all he looks kind of like he looks like a cartoon mascot or maybe like a, a ball stadium mascot gone a little wrong or something like he's kind of he's kind of goofy he's got it's weird like his jagger jaguar head like he's got this like big red nose so i can see why like you think he's kind of comical i mean because it's like it's like yeah but i i, I sort of see what you're saying like he does kind of look like a a sports mascot turned evil or something like that. So, and, and, and basically it'd be like if a sports mascot busted out a flamethrower on somebody, right? Like you're, you're rooting for the wrong team and they set you on fire or something. Cause that's basically what yellow Jaguar does to all these poor landscapers, basically like they're, they're out there and they're supposed to be like planting trees for the environment and, you know, setting up this green project. And then next thing they know, you know, Yellow Jaguar's tail is a big flamethrower, and he, he burns them all. But what what was ironic to me was he burns them all to death, 
But then when we cut back to the images of the burnt people, you'd expect to see, like, you know, the charred husks of, like, Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru or something like that <laughs> left over. But instead, it's, like, the most pristine, like, like science project white skeletons you've ever seen in your life. It's kind of like they got set on fire and then they turned into like science skeletons or whatever <laughs> that you like see in a, in a, you know, in a science class at college or something like that when you're trying to like do homework or something like that. So I thought, I thought that was kind of funny. And you don't live to tell about it if you make an enemy of the dark. But I guess basically now, now that he's done that, Yellow Jaguar now has his sights set on the life of Miki Sakuma, who is, you know, spearheading the Green Project. But we go to Mitsuku and Masaru, and they're visiting with the Sakuma family and everything. And, and they end up looking at this model that they have for, like, the new nature-filled cityscape and everything. And it, it, it's kind of funny to me also because the Sakuma's dead father kind of gets brought up i mean they kind of intimate like they have this shared connection not only are they you know an older sister younger brother pair a mirror image but you know where mitsuku and masaru are looking for their lost father and they think he might be dead there is the bit of dialogue that indicates that the sakuma uh, father is no longer with them but what kind of cracks me up is Masaru, again, kind of being a crybaby is, you know, it's like he makes this kind of stink about, you know, we don't know if our dad's alive or dead. And then it's like the poor kid, Gen, is kind of like, my dad is dead. You know? <laughs> and it's like he knows, you know, like there's no question. Like, it's not like their dad could like turn up, you know, behind a closet and be like, sorry, just kidding. I'm, I'm totally alive. Like, no, their dad is actually dead. So it's kind of like, and then they have to like kind of commiserate where it's like, it's okay again. Like y you guys will make like this great green project and everything will be okay. And they do that kind of typical Japanese thing where the little kids are like, mm, mm, you know, and they're like all like content with themselves, even though like, obviously they're, they're dealing with some, some heavy shit, you know, with like dead parents and stuff like that. But then I guess at that moment, Miki gets word that four of her workers have gone missing and these are all the poor bastards who got turned into science class skeletons and stuff by Yellow Jagger. And then we cut to Professor Gill and he's there with Yellow Jaguar and basically like, okay, so Yellow Jaguar confirms he's killed these four workers of Project Green. We kind of already know this, but we don't know why exactly. And he says it's so that his own Unit 5 can develop this death bomb, which basically is going to be fueled by carbon dioxide and pollution. And he can't have these, you know, screwy environmentalists planting all these awesome trees because the trees obviously, you know, will, you know, take all the carbon dioxide and they'll expel oxygen like basic science class 101 for all the kids and and they're like well our bomb is fueled on pollution and carbon dioxide so we can't have this so we killed these four landscapers basically and what's funny is then there's this moment where gill tortures yellow jaguar with his staff because he, he kind of thinks the pursuit of those landscapers was pointless he's like i don't want the landscapers dead you could kill a hundred landscapers and it wouldn't stop the the project from moving forward what you need to do is you know cut the head off the snake basically he wants 
the leader, Miki Sakuma, dead, not landscapers. And, you know, basically, Professor Gill, I think he must say, like, kill her about, like, seven or eight times. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, it's like, it's like, if in case it wasn't fucking clear to you, like, I, I don't even know what kill her is in Japanese, but whatever it is, he says it, like, eight fucking times. So I'm pretty sure he's fucking serious. He wants her fucking deader than dead, you know, and, and he's actually pissed off that Yellow Jaguar killed other people. And I'm kind of like, dude, did you not see the intro? He said he's going after her next. Like, chill the fuck out, Professor Gill. You know, like, he said he's going after her. Meanwhile, he's just giving him shit, pretty much, you know? So that's, you know, that's pretty much what, what's going on there. Yellow Jaguar then, I guess, in the next scene, comes upon Mitsuku, Miki, and Gen, and they're, I guess they're investigating, like, the site of the murder? Like, I don't know why you'd bring a little kid to investigate the murder site, but, like, the kid's there, and he's kind of looking at, like, the leaves and the kind of like flames that they were exposed to and everything like that, like the char that's left over from Yellow Jagger's last attack and everything like that. And and Yellow Jagger then, you know, comes out and, you know, is like chasing them and everything like that. And in the meantime, like we see Jiro finally, and he races down the road in his sidecar and Yellow Jaguar in the meantime is like spewing flames and he's pursuing like the young boy and the two girls. And, you know, Miki ends up tripping and, like, it really looks like she's done for when we hear the cherry red guitar strings of justice. And we know that Jiro is there. And he basically quickly tells the girls, get away. And Jiro changes to Kakaida. And you're like, man, we're going to get this shit on. Kakaida's going to kick some ass and everything. And then Kakaida's like, we'll settle this later, dude. And he drives away. And I was kind of <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on? Like, it's weird. It's like they realize, like, wait this is like the climax we can't do this that early you know like unless they had some other story to do or whatever so it was like it was kind of weird because it's like i'm gonna change and it's like three two one change he changes into kakaida and he's like all right you knock this shit off and we'll totally fight like 10 more minutes from now so see you there and then he fucking drives away and i was just like what's going on i don't know what was your did, did you have that moment as well <laughs> yeah. justin yeah, I mean, even like I've been watching early episodes of the original Common Rider series, and you know, usually there's a early a scene like midway through or early through where Common Rider go have a very brief brief battle with the monster. The week they save the finale for the end of the episode, of course. But like, so that's what I thought this was going to be. I was like, oh, they'll have a brief little scuffle, and then you know, we'll save the best for last. But no, it's like Jiro changes and he shows up. And then he just, like, drives away, and I was like, wait, what? He didn't even really do anything. He just kind of was like, you know, basically that did nothing. It, it just, it got you excited, and then it let you down. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was kind of strange. It was like they couldn't, they couldn't do the climax this early into the piece, but you'd think maybe they could have had, like, some kind of face-off, like, maybe trade a couple blows, and then it's like, good enough, the girls got away, and we'll we'll settle this later, or whatever, like, and I guess I could have accepted that, but it's it's interesting the way this show is directed and put together sometimes, because sometimes stuff happens so quickly in terms of maybe reviewing or, or looking over for this show, you know, you find yourself re-watching something over and over again just to understand the progression of what you just watched was, yeah. you know, because it, it, it just goes by in a heartbeat. And it's, it's really one of those things where it's like, ah, you know, this is for kids and 
they get it and he they're gonna fight later and that's it but like as as just a sort of adult viewer sometimes you sit there and you kind of go well wait a minute why the fuck did you change like why i mean i get that he wanted the girls to get away but then it's like then he goes through all the trouble to change just tell him all right dude later man we'll totally (laughs) fight like later on peace out you know and it was just like okay i don't get this and you know continuing the whole our our ride on the whole what train as i like to call it (laughs) we cut to hattori hanpei and he's beating and yelling at his clunker of a car and you know again hattori hanpei is supposed to be the the comic relief of this series so as he's beating and yelling at this car it basically like explodes in his face but instead of him actually getting you know, horribly injured and having to go to the hospital and stuff. It's very kind of Warner Brothers, you know, Acme kind of, you know, his face is blackened and stuff like that with soot. And he 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 makes this comment that, you know, to the car, because now he's talking to this car, which seems to, of course, in these episodes, have a life of its own, you know, kind of does what it wants without Hattori Hanpei doing anything whatsoever. And, and he basically yells at the car and he says, you think you have me licked? And then he proceeds to, uh, according to him, turn the tables on the car, and he starts licking the steering wheel of his car, which then starts to roll down the road of its own accord. So we are, not not only are we on the what train, but we're on, like, the speed bullet fucking what train, because you're like, wait a minute, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Like, I don't even understand what's going on, so. Can I rant just a little bit here for a minute? Yeah, yeah. you know, everybody has their own, like, pet peeves of things they absolutely hate, and it takes them out of, like, anything when they're watching it. Like, I don't know why, but I absolutely hate it. It doesn't matter if it's live action or an anime or whatever, but I hate it when a character licks an object, especially if it's something gross like blood or something. Like, I, I, I don't care what it is. If you're licking the steering wheel, like... You're licking someone's face, or if you're licking a blade with dripping with blood, like it just—I don't know. Like that—that that sort of thing has always bothered me. Like I, I don't know why. Like I had that pet peeve, but like, and and he does this like three times in this episode. Like when he's yeah, licking you, you, the it's not like we're—it's not like the ride is over. We're still on the fucking. When he started doing that, I was like, what? No, and he just kept. <laughs> He just kept doing it so enthusiastically, and it was, like, grossing me out. And I was, like, I was looking away, and I'd look back, and he's still doing it. Well, that's why that's why I call this guy, like, the Johnny Depp of Kakaida. Because, obviously, <laughs> he's, like, super fucking committed to his craft if he's going to make out with a fucking steering wheel. And, and I'm, like, who came up with this weird, kinky-ass shit anyway? Like, I'm, like, next thing you know, he's going to be marrying the fucking car, and they're going to be getting engaged, and all this kind of weird stuff. But, anyway, thankfully, that doesn't happen. But we, we end up cutting to Mitsuko, and she's tending to Miki's injuries suffered at the hands of Yellow Jaguar. And Jiro basically comments that standard medicine is not going to be effective on dark-related injuries. And then there's this, again, you know, I guess, you know, to be politely, there's this charming sequence... Instead of calling it cheap or whatever. But there's this charming sequence where Jiro opens up his chest. And this is, of course, to Miki and Gen's surprise. Like, they don't expect this 
guy to you know open up his chest and be a robot and everything but what i'm assuming happens is he kind of maybe irradiates the peroxide or whatever mitsuko was using to tend to miki's you know wounds you know basically because she like you know scraped her knee up and all this other stuff and basically i'm just guessing that you know when jiro like zaps it or whatever then uh, you know automatically that is now made dark proof and then she can actually use it effectively that like it's actually going to work and you know bypass whatever kind of you know dark inflicted injuries that are basically standard medicine proof or something like that what did you think of the whole like him opening up his chest moment justin that was interesting like i i was expecting him to like i don't know secrete cyborg fluid into it or something but then like nothing happened and i was like well what did he do and it's kind of like you say sometimes you have to like you know the way the the show is constructed it's like sometimes things aren't clear or you know it's the editing is a little too quick or sloppy and you have to like watch things again so like i backed it up and watched it again i was like well what did he do he just like put the thing to his chest and like he was like all right it's okay so i kind of like he was like "I, i guess he like electrified it somehow with like his yeah. you know, electric powers or something but i uh, i did think it was interesting that he you know without changing into kakaida like he was actually able to you know open his chest briefly and you know we could see it i, I thought that was kind of neat yeah it seems like that that's something that happens pretty often as the series progresses as far as that goes but like like you're saying you sort of have to intimate things or or use your imagination because of the way like you say that these kind of quick sloppy edits or at least you know it's something that is not spelled out for you it's just kind of like this thing that is sort of assumed like oh kakaida's a good guy he opened his chest he he you know shown some lights or whatever it is from his chest on this you know whatever it was i'm assuming it was like peroxide or something to clean her wound and then all of a sudden it's like okay now the peroxide's a-okay you know and you're just like supposed to be like okay great like awesome like i I think it's one of those things where you might imagine the attention span of a child you know like basically if this was kenneth johnson and he spent like you know 50 minutes of the episode explaining the fucking peroxide and then he hulked out at the end you know you'd understand like okay it makes for great drama but meanwhile as a little kid you're like get get on with the fucking hulk already you know so i think i think i think that's where this comes from you know like where you're just kind of like all right you know like like this is you know this is not the lifeblood of of the the show to like explain the science or explain like exactly what's going on but you just get the idea like you know jiro made it so that that you know miki's gonna be okay and and that's what we're going with and everything yeah like whereas you know there are detailed books about how you know the starship enterprise functions and what everything does like there's no such a book for kakaida it's like you know Whatever happens, happens, kid. Just go with it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. There's no there's no Jeffrey's tubes on Kakaida's body or whatever. So speaking of, of spooky scientific evil plans and stuff, we, we do cut back to Professor Gill, who is preparing what they call the Death Belt, which basically what that means is the Death Belt has this mini bomb on it that supposedly can blow up even Android Kakaida. 
And they end up planning this belt on this cute little monkey that's like, you know, imagine the monkey that, you know, was feeding people bad dates or whatever in Raiders of the Lost Ark or whatever. It's like one of these kind of, what what do they call them, like circus monkeys or vendor monkeys or whatever? I don't know. Anyway, it's one of those little spider cute monkeys or whatever, those tiny monkeys. And so basically the, they send in the dark destructoid with the monkey and he holds up the monkey, and I guess because it's connected to, like, the android body of Dark, like, basically anything that is a Dark android that holds the belt, which one of these belts were put on that little test monkey or whatever, and then the whole fucking guy, like, the, the you know, dark, 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 dark guy, he fucking blows the fuck up, and the fucking monkey blows the fuck up or whatever. And it's like, that basically is the plan, I guess, is they want to plant this belt on Gen, the the little brother in the story of the Project Green developer, and the idea is Kakaida will lower his guard around children, you know, especially a child that he's friends with, and then once he touches the belt, then, you know, it'll explode like it did in this instance with the monkey. So that's the nefarious evil plan of Dark. Why is Dark and why is Professor Gill doing this? It's not necessary for me to know the reason. All that's important is that I follow Professor Gill's orders. Since you don't obey them, you must be damaged. You are worthless. Humans are worthless to Dark and shall be destroyed. They may be worthless to Dark, but everyone is important to someone. There's always someone who cares. You are worthless! And, of course, we cut back to Justin's favorite, Hattori Hanpei licking his fucking steering wheel <laughs> and he's basically begging and pleading with the car to stop because it of course is rolling of its own fucking accord and it's rolling straight toward some train tracks which of course have an oncoming train going so he's like please don't you know crash into this oncoming train and apparently you know his his makeout skills aren't good enough but then all of a sudden the car stops and he's like okay thank god and then out of nowhere this strange man appears inside his car and he offers Hattori Hanpei a lot of yen, all these like uh, $10,000 or 10,000 yen, whatever, bills, to take a new job and he accepts. He's like, I've never turned down a paying gig before and I'm not going to start now. (laughs) And so in the meantime, Jiro is lamenting like the industrial progress of Japan, like basically kind of saying, oh, you know, it's wiping out all the local greenery. And he makes this vow that he's going to protect Miki's Project Green. And then this is kind of funny, too, because Mitsuko then at that point kind of gets all jelly belly and shit. Like she's like, she's like, well, she is really pretty. I guess that's why you want to like, protect her project and stuff. It has nothing to do with, like, altruistic motives. It's because she's, like, a really cute chick. And even though Jiro's, like, you know, and then she tries to, like, play it off that she was jealous because she's like, oh, wait, you're just a mechanical dude and whatever. But, like, they, they have that weird funny moment where she's she's obviously, like, you know, jealous that he would show any kind of attention, give any kind of attention to, like, somebody other than her, you know, like, which yeah. is kind of funny. Yeah. That scene just kind of came out of nowhere. It like kind of it, it, like it caught me off guard. I was like, "Wait, where did this come from?" And then it was it like then it was over. Like I had, you know, it's one of those things. that's like we said, you know, you have to go back and watch it again. I was like, "Well, that came out of nowhere," and then it was over. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's something it, that seems to be a repeated theme in the series, but it, again, it's not something that they delve into 
really deeply dramatically. Like I said, this is not like a Kenneth Johnson dramatic <laughs> opus where they, they go into the whole like love triangle or whatever. It's just you, you can tell she's jealous and then she kind of realizes she's being silly and then they, they sort of, like, Jiro almost completely ignores it, almost, where it's just like, what? Uh, and I will protect the greenery, you know, like, like and I am a superhero, you know? like So it's like, and getting back to what kids actually wanted to see, which is me kicking ass, and they don't <laughs> care about this lovey-dovey bullshit. Thank you very much. In the meantime, in the meantime you know, I'm sitting here going, oh, she is kind of cute. Like, I get what, why she's all jealous and stuff. But I go, you guys are both cute. Like, you know, so don't don't sweat it. It's okay. But anyway, so Masaru and Gen are basically running after Hattori Hanpei at this point, who they call Hanpen to mock him, which I guess is like some kind of Japanese play on words where they're actually calling him like fish or fish face or something. I don't know. It's it basically instead of calling, you know, I guess I guess, you know, you know. I, I I don't even know wh- what to say. It like it, it's like you know it'd be I I guess it'd be like instead of calling you know you Justin be like Boston you're a bus or something I don't know <laughs> like that that's that's what I imagine it means you know like it's like a, a play on words where it sounds like it sounds like one word and they're they're basically like Boston Boston you know or whatever like that's what they're basically doing they're calling him hand pen instead of hand pay so. You know, and that's that's I guess you know there, there's not too much to that, but it, it seems like you have to sort of you know provide an explanation to to a American audience. I imagine if this was like sub by like TV Nihon, there'd be like an asterisk with like a fucking paragraph below explaining yeah. what the fuck was going on or whatever. But you know, obviously, you know this is just kind of a standard generation Kakaida DVD, and it's translated, and you kind of get the, the the drift without having a big you know explanation but i you know anyway but hattori hanpei basically is the delivery boy basically and he gives this belt to gen as a quote-unquote present and we all know that it is this exploding belt you know that that is going to go off and you know basically it's like here's a belt and and gen thinks it's like you know, I guess what what they sell nowadays is like you know common rider belts and stuff. If you you know buy them in the stores and everything like that, and you've got your you know orange arms belt or something. And so he thinks this is just like a Kakaida belt. So he's running around going like change, change, even though he's not transforming into anything like that and stuff. And in reality, though, it's actually this death belt. And the strange man who appeared out of nowhere in Hotori Hanpei's you know, crazy car that he's busy licking or whatever is the guy who gave him 50,000 yen. And, and that was yellow Jaguar's human form, his, his secret disguise and everything. And so we see that human form transform into yellow Jaguar. And now he's back to being the stadium mascot of murder and the dark destructoid drones and yellow jaguar close in on gen and they end up trapping him and you kind of are wondering like well how does this fit in with the plan like don't they want him to to meet up with jiro and kakaida and and set off this bomb but i guess they're trying to sell the idea that you know the kid's in danger and so they they trap him in this circle and eventually they they kind of let him go on purpose so he can run to Jiro and everything, and Jiro and the girls and Masaru are out there searching for Gen, and 
basically at this point, Gen runs up, and it seems like they have more than enough time to figure it out, but I guess it's supposed to be like this quick deduction on Jiro's part, where he's like, okay, what's that? And they're like, it's a present! It's like, it's glowing, it's ticking, it doesn't look good, oh, wait a minute, I'm gonna throw this the fuck away from us, and then it explodes, you know? So basically, like, Jiro pretty much figures out that it's a bomb, and he throws it far, far away, and ends up, like, saving everybody. So, I don't know, did you, did you think that, were you, were you kind of, did you ever think they were in peril at this point, or, or were you kind of figuring, like, oh, he'll figure it out, and it, like, was there much suspense for you, Justin, at this point, or? Not really, but okay. in my head, I was doing the thing where you count down, you know, the five seconds, I was like, well, they're dead. And it, oh, okay. It, yeah, you're like you're like they totally they totally used up their allotted time. Yeah. Like it should have gone off by now. It, it reminded me of that uh, that episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000 where I think they're watching time chasers and they're like, you know, there's this bomb that's supposed to go off in ten seconds, and Tom Servo keeps counting down like what it should be, and it, you know the camera keeps going back and like he has to like reset himself and he gets so frustrated. I was like, I was thinking of that when I was watching that, and I was like, well, they're dead now. Ten, nine, eight, seven. Hey, is that a Glock? A seven, six, five. Thanks, Stephen Hawking's. Zero, four, three, two, one. Is it three, two, one, two? So, in, in case in case things couldn't get any worse, we've got Professor Gill playing that damnable devil flute music that is your and my favorite, and it basically, at this point, is enticing him to murder Miki, and, you know, th- this part, I think, does echo the manga a bit. I mean, obviously, he doesn't ever meet Miki in the manga, but, you know, there are scenes like this in the manga with Mitsuko where he tries to strangle her to death and stuff like that, and even, like, rape her and stuff. And so, like, in this sense, you're like, oh, this is kind of, you know, the TV show version of that. Like, he he's definitely trying to strangle Miki and strangle the life out of her. And, of course, the kids and Mitsuko are trying to desperately stop him and snap him out of it and stuff like that but it it seems like on the tv show it's like the conscience circuit kicks in pretty quickly like it's it's a lot more effective and he he sort of stops himself and he kind of tries to stumble away and and not you know obviously strangle anybody to keep them out of harm's way and stuff like that and then of course there usually has to be some way where the devil flute music is muted so he can transform into Kakaida. So in this instance, Jiro leaps into the water to submerge the sound of the devil flute music, and then he ends up doing the 3-2-1 change into Kakaida. He then emerges from the water as Kakaida, and he's all set to fight Yellow Jaguar. And then, of course, we've got the dark destructoid drones that show up as well, you know, going, and shit like that. And they have a big fight, and, you know, once Kakaida takes out all the drones, Kakaida severs the yellow jaguar's tail flamethrower. But, of course, the tail fire, even when it's severed, as we described before, it sort of flies around kind of like Tur or Tear from Legion of Superheroes. He's got his, like, flying arm and shit that shoots people. So, like, in this case, it's like a flying tail that's still 
tries to flamethrow people even when it's it's severed from his back and everything and he unleashes like these torso guns from his body so it's like the stadium mascot's got a bunch of cannons inside his chest and everything and then kind of basically he uses the double chop the giant swing and in the background, Matsaru and Gen are cheering him on. They're like, yeah, kick that guy's ass, Kakaida. Like, that's pretty much what they're, what they're saying as they cheer him on and stuff like that. And then Yellow Jaguar decides, oh, well, I'll turn on the death belt myself. But Kakaida ends up using the end. And in the case of this episode, it's not like he falls off a large cliff or anything and turns into a bunch of parts. But he, he basically uses the end to sort of toss the stadium mascot away and then of course since he's far away in the air then you know jet jaguar only ends up blowing up himself rather than his intended victims at that point jiro decides to ride off solo he's had enough of all the girly drama and the steering wheel licking and all this other <laughs> bullshit he's like i'm fucking out of here i did my job i don't need to deal with this crap anymore i'm gone <laughs> and you know miki and mitsuko and Gen and Masaru basically at that point are saying their goodbyes to one another and everything. And as Mitsuko and Masaru walk off, Hattori Hanpei is trying to offer them a ride in his junker of a car, but they're still miffed at his actions because they led to the death belt being planted on Gen. And of course, his car fucking stalls, and he's back to making out with his fucking steering wheel again. So, and that's that's kind of how the episode ends. So it's supposed to be like, ah, ha, ha, ha. you know, I suppose at this point, you know, cue the Three's Company's music and slow-mo of Hattori Hanpei fucking looking at steering wheel or whatever. It's like, <laughs> come and knock on the door, you know, shit. But that's that's kind of how it ends and everything. And, and next time we're going to be seeing Black Horse is going to be coming on the scene as a dark destructoid monster. So that's that's pretty much episode five. I mean, you know, the, the I guess I didn't mind the whole, you know, dynamic with the the sort of mirror sister, you know, brother thing going on. Like, I thought that was kind of interesting. I did think Miki was cute. I mean, I think Mitsuko probably had good reason to be jealous, because especially at the end there, it's like the, the little brother Gen is like, you gotta, you gotta say goodbye to Jiro. You gotta hook up with him and stuff, you know, basically is what's it seems to be going on there and stuff. And she's like, well, I don't know. And she kind of lets him run off. It's like, I don't want my girlfriend to you know, bust out her cat claws on me or whatever and be like, <laughs> you know, and shit like that. So, but I mean, you know, I, you know, the, the, the I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, Yellow Jagger did look kind of goofy and stuff like that. And, you know, the, the Hattori hand paste stuff, you know, in, in some instances, I suppose he cracks me up, but this, this was a attempt at humor that I think sort of, for me, fell flat. When Kikaida was choking Mickey, like I, I thought it was interesting. And like, in my head, I was like, he, it felt like he was he, he blah. It felt like he had been choking her for a long time, and I was like, "Well, gosh, like, what if he actually kills her? Like, that would, that that would definitely be a change." But it, but of course he didn't. Yeah, I think they they sort of try to toy with that, but I don't think this is anything on this series that they ever actually actualize. It's like there's always the the peril and the potential of it, but it it's never really you know realized especially on you know because because again i think it goes back to that thing that we're saying where it's like yeah they can they can touch on you know drama and and certain things but they don't really 
you know, th- th- that's not part of the children's show dynamic. They don't right. need to have him actually commit the murder. It- it's just it- it- people need to think he might do it or, you know, police might suspect him of having done something, but he really hasn't done it, you know, and that's that's basically as far as it usually goes. Together from the disparate reaches of geekdom, here in this restaurant booth are the most powerful forces of geek ever assembled. Ryan, the toy geek. Scott, the award-winning radio host. Jeff, Scott's minion. Ron, just Ron, dedicated to truth, justice, and geek for all mankind, it's Dinner for Geeks. Dinner for Geeks proudly crusades at twotruefreaks.com. All right, so I, I mean, unless there's anything else to say, I think this is probably wrapping up this episode of Toku Thursdays on Android Kikaida. We hope you've enjoyed listening to our pontifications on Jiro and his cherry red guitar of justice. If you have any comments, questions, and or concerns, you can email us at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. We, of course, are on the fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. You can stream us on Stitcher Radio. We are on iTunes, so if you leave us a review, it helps get the podcast noticed and recognized. We appreciate any reviews and feedback, and we are on all kinds of social media, so we appreciate all the likes on Facebook. We've got our one of our longtime listeners, Ron Sadowski, over from Dinner with Geeks. I know he recently liked and favorited the episode on the Kakaida the reboot movie so we appreciate that and we appreciate all likes and feedbacks and stuff like that and we are on like tumblr and twitter and instagram and stuff like that so check us out on all those various social medias and until the next time this is derek derek wc switching off hey this is justin all right guys Justice League versus Titans movie is out in a couple weeks. I thought yeah. it was going to be like a little further down the road. Yeah, I've been keeping an eye on it. I figure maybe I'll pre-order that when I pre-order um, Kylo Ren and his amazing friends or whatever. <laughs> it's Kylo Ren and his amazing friends. <laughs> <laughs> It's like it shows Han Solo and Kylo Ren just runs up and stabs him and then like waves at the camera. <laughs> he waves and like swings away. <laughs> well, if Kylo Ren was was is Spider Man in this analogy, then what would happen was like someone would like freeze 
Han Solo and Carbonite, and then like Kylo right. Ren would like, like attach it. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or probably just like attach like some kind of grapple line to him and swing around him in circles or something. <laughs> And as uh, Mitsuko and Masaru walk off, uh, we are, uh, I don't know, can you hear my dog? No. Okay, I don't know, he's, he's yelling out there, so I wasn't sure. I'll just start. Oh, no, I can. <laughs> yeah. Well, shut up. <whistles> eh. I'm so tired. Okay. <whistles> yeah. I can't even fucking whistle. <laughs> Alright. Hopefully he'll shut up for a second. Um. Woo! Shut up! We're going to have to put a uh, dark destructoid bomb on him. Dark, 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 dark. Dark, dark. I'm like, I'm like I, I'd lick my microphone, but I don't <laughs> think that's going to play well on air. You know, so be like ha, ha, ha. so anyway what kind of kinky shit have you guys been up to while i was gone <laughs> <laughs> uh.